action. You're in the helicopter, it's loud, you got your fins on, your wetsuit, mask, snorkel ready to go, and then you jump. Danger. You can hear the ice hissing and cracking all around you. Adventure. When you cross the equator, you have to ask King Neptune's permission to become a shellback. You're listening to Sea Story. Episode 52, Operation Praying Mantis. My name is Vice Admiral Ron Boxall. I'm from Holland Patent, New York, and this is my sea story. When I was a young lieutenant as a gunnery officer aboard the USS Merrill, a destroyer stationed in San Diego, we were out in the Persian Gulf in Operation Praying Mantis on April 18th, 1988. We were asked to perform surface action against the Iranian Navy. At the time, Iran and Iraq were at war, and we were there because we were concerned, not just for the United States, but the stability of shipping was driving oil prices up around the world. And it wasn't really the pricing that was the worry. The worry was that somebody else was affecting international free flow of commerce. Four days earlier, the USS Samuel B. Roberts was mined in international waters, which is an act of war. Mayday, mayday, mayday. We are under attack. I remember it like it was yesterday. It gives me chills. We were about 50 miles away. Obviously, that sent shockwaves literally and figuratively through our ship. It really made us all start to wonder, holy cow, this is really serious, what's going on here? And we were worried for the ship, our comrades many miles away, and we were also worried about ourselves. If they were mine, we could be mine too. Immediately, we went into damage control mode and we make a beeline at top speed. We have four gas turbine jet engines and we maxed out 30 plus knots headed in the direction of them. And then someone said, wait a minute, if they're in a minefield, we gotta be careful how fast we're going to speed up towards a minefield. Through heroic efforts by the commanding officer, Captain Paul Wren and his ship, they were able to not only save that ship, but they returned her to fighting condition. It was pretty amazing to hear that ship fight to save itself. Little did we know a few days later, there was a major operation that was going to be planned against the Iranian Navy at the time. I was the gunnery officer and this Marine helicopter landed aboard with a bunch of planners that came in and told us we were gonna go do a very important operation that was gonna get national attention. The next day, on the morning of 18th April, we were part of a three-ship surface action group. The USS Trenton, which was an amphibious ship that had Marines on board, the USS Merrill, and the third ship was the USS Line McCormick, which was another destroyer. At eight o'clock, we decided we were going to shoot one of the gas oil separating platforms that was really a command and control station where they were launching mines from. But before we did that, we wanted to make sure we didn't indiscriminately harm civilians. We just wanted to make a statement that we knew who did it. We were part of a larger operation that was a second SAG that was going to take out another gas and oil separating platform, and a third one that was assigned to attack one of their ships. We warned them ahead of time that we were going to shoot the oil platform and any people on the platform needed to leave as soon as possible, which had two effects. One, we expected that they would actually leave, and number two, that gave them time to know that they had to start shooting at us before we started shooting at them. We didn't really expect them to shoot at us. The intelligence said that they didn't have an ability to shoot anything back at our ship. 
So we were pretty surprised when eight o'clock rolled around and we shot our first few rounds at the gas oil separation platform after the people had left and they started shooting back at us. Now things got really hairy. We were used to hearing our own machine guns in our practice, but it was very different hearing rounds going off around your own hall, people screaming, getting a little scared, people telling it to hit the deck. And meantime, as I said, I was the gunnery officer. We were watching this from the combat information center and I was in charge of our two five-inch gun mounts that were supposed to originally put fire on the platforms. But of course, at some time when someone starts shooting at you, our number one priority mission quickly becomes counter-battery mission to take out the guns that are shooting at you. We shot back and the gun stopped. Once we were satisfied that there was no threat to us, we had a Marine detachment on board the USS Trenton that was to go in and rig the gas oil separation platform with explosive and drop it in the water. Shooting a gas oil separation platform was difficult for us because if you've ever seen an oil platform, they're kind of light and airy. There's a lot of air and there's a lot of space. So we chose to go with a mechanical time point detonating round. It's a round that you shoot, you set a fuse on it automatically. And after 13 seconds, it would detonate, which was about three or four seconds before it would explode. So it flew into a bunch of pellets that would really turn the area into Swiss cheese. We wanted to destroy the area and make sure there was no booby traps or anything on there that could affect our personnel going aboard to blow it up. A few hours later, we sat back in the bridge wing as we did the countdown to blowing up the platform. We just saw this big explosion. We were only maybe a few miles away, but it was like a, a big mushroom cloud took off and just blew everything to smithereens. Because we were a couple miles away, it took a few seconds for the actual sound wave to get to us. If you've ever been down at Cape Canaveral and you see them take off one of those big space shuttles, same type of thing. You see the flame, it's all quiet, and then all of a sudden it kind of rumbles through you. And there really was nothing else left. It was just pretty much a big hole and there was one flame that just kept burning for a little while longer, and we saw that burn into the night. Now, at the same time, a lot of other things were happening. They started indiscriminately shooting at U.S. flag merchant tankers, so we were hearing distress calls from other ships. They weren't gonna come after us because they knew we could take them out. They were going after these unarmed merchant ship captains and tugboats that were doing missions in the Gulf that had American flags on them, which caused us to go now looking for all Iranian ships because at that point we were kind of in a one-day war. The USS Simpson shot four missiles into one of the Iranian patrol boats and sunk it. One of our aircraft carriers launched a bunch of airstrikes on another ship that was with them. And by the end of the day, we had a pretty much a full shooting war going on right up until sunset when we declared a ceasefire. We didn't see any more threats to us. Figured we'd made our point. After that incident, we never had another occurrence of this type of mining by Iran in that whole period. We in the Navy and in the military make a difference day to day. That day and that deployment really had a huge impact on me because what I was doing was much bigger than myself. To hear more stories like mine, Subscribe to Sea Story today. Coming next. It's pitch black, no illumination whatsoever. 
And then by chance, when the lookouts say they see smoke. Sea Stories brought to you by America's Navy. Learn more at Navy.com. Thank you.